This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Okay, first of all, I want to, as always, thank Rabbi Shabtai for his Herculean efforts in ensuring that Torah never stops, Harbatzah's Torah never stops, and for affording me the privilege of being able to learn with you, reunited for our men's call, please God, for a few more weeks. Um, I wanted to learn a piece with you from the Slana Rebbe this week in Parshas Tazria. Hopefully you guys have it in front of you now. It's page Samach Dal in Parshas Tazria. Um, it's an unbelievable piece, and I think it's very timely uh, when we find ourselves in the predicament that we are currently in. I don't want to focus too much on this corona thing. There's a lot, a lot of people are already talking about it. But um, to, uh, to, to learn a piece together and to really be mechazik ourselves, to realize something very important that oftentimes when you go through challenging situations, particularly one of this nature, we lose sight of. And I think it's important that we replace it as prominently on our radar. So we're actually going to do something a little bit different than we normally do. Usually I'll read a little bit, I'll summarize a little bit. But the words of the Nesiva Shalom are so beautiful and so sweet that I wouldn't be doing justice to the, to the Torah itself uh, than not to read them. So we're going to actually learn the piece together. And hopefully, uh, like I said, my, the speaker who follows me will uh, be very forgiving if we go over a couple of minutes. We're going to begin at the beginning. Amram Chazab, the Medrash tells us in Vayikarabba, Shinegayim Habam Ha'adam, we know that this parsha focuses on the negam tzaras that come on a person. We know that the way Hashem communicates to Klai Yisrael, to an individual, that he's doing something wrong is first, he'll have it on his house, then he'll have it on his clothing, and then finally, if he still doesn't get the message, he will have it, uh, he will have it on his his body. Parenthetically, I'll mention, I'm not sure if I've mentioned it in the past, and it's totally independent of this Nesiva Shalom, but I cannot go through a Tazriya Mitzorah without mentioning the famous Vart of the Chavetz Chaim. Parenthetically, without digressing too much, the Torah tells us that the Halacha is that if a person's entire body is covered in Saras, he's Tahar, he's pure. He does not have to be quarantined, he does not have to be excommunicated for seven days, he does not have to bring Karbanos, he's pure. The Torah, unlike that halacha, tells us that if a person is only partially covered, he has to go to the Kohen, and if the Kohen, in fact, paskins that he has tsaras, he has to be excommunicated. Seems to be counterintuitive. You'd think the more tsaras that you have on your body, the more Hashem is communicating with us. The less tsaras that we have in our body, the less it's communicating to us. Why are we tahar when our entire body is covered, but when only part of our body is covered, we're tummy? And the Chavetz Chaim has such an unbelievable insight. And he says, again, not having anything to do with this Nesiva Shalom, but it's such a beautiful idea that you could share it for lunch on Shabbos, that when your entire body is covered in saras, you don't need a calling to tell you you're doing something wrong. The whole point of Tsaras is for another human being, the Kohen, who is designated to give you a Musash when say, you've done something wrong, go out seven days and figure it out and figure out how you're going to rectify it. When your body is entirely covered in Tsaras, there's absolutely no denial. You're looking at it, you're confronted with it, there's no way to hide it. You have to own it. And so therefore the Torah did not feel compelled to put you outside the camp because you're going to have no choice but to deal with it in-house, so to speak. 
And so therefore says the Chafetz Chaim, when your entire body is covered, tar doesn't mean tar that you're doing something right. It means tar that you don't have to go excommunicate it. Tar means you have no choice but to confront it. Only when part of your body is covered, when you could somehow justify, you could rationalize, you could think maybe it's a dermatological issue and has nothing to do with something that I've done spiritually, that's dafka when you need the Kohen to tell you that. It's interesting. There's the Bali Machshava learn out. The, the halach is that a Kohen can paskin on everyone else's tzara'as except for his own. You know why? Because you can only be willing, you're only willing and you're only able to truly grow when somebody else cares enough about you to tell you you've done something wrong. If you're going to paskin on yourself, if you're going to reflect on yourself, you'll find every reason and excuse in the book to not be willing to own it. It's only when somebody else tells you you're doing something wrong are you then willing to accept that musr. And so therefore the halach is, even within the kohanim, only a kohen can paskin everybody else, but a kohen himself has to have another kohen paskin for him. An important yesod in life in our Avodah Hashem, in recognizing and being willing to accept tochacha and being willing to accept the rebuke of others and understanding that if we're really growth-promoting, if we're really growth-oriented, we have to be willing at times to give the Musr, but we also have to be willing at times to accept and internalize that Musr if we really want to grow. Just the sweetness of Torah, Rabbi Brand, that has nothing to do with the Salonim Rebbe, but I, had, I can't go Parshas Tazir without mentioning it. In any event, back to our discussion over here. The Torah tell we know that the halach is, and the Medrash points out, that first it comes on the house, then it comes on the, the clothing, and then it comes on the goof on the body itself. Asks the Nesiva Shalom something fascinating. Once again, he's so good about highlighting the basic things that you and I should have asked when Ramad Versedra, when we reviewed the, the parasha, and somehow he's the one who points it out. If you'll take a look at the Pashat Pshat of the Psukim, you will notice something fascinating. Says the Slanam Rebbe, Ukfar Amdu HaMefarshim. Many of the commentaries asked, V'chein Bebeis Avram, one of his predecessors, one of the earlier Slanam Rebbe's, Lama B'Torah HaKdosha, Namru Kodem Nige HaGuf, V'Achakach Nige Begodem Ubatim. Wait a second. The Medrash told us that it's in the opposite way. First it goes on the house. Then it goes on the clothing. Then it goes on your body, and I meant I forgot to mention this when we started. The reason why Hashem waits till the body is because that's really where it's going to hit you the most. And Hakadosh Baruch has Rachamim. He hopes that you're going to get the message in other ways. But if that's true, if it's really starting with the house, the clothing, the body, we'll take a look at the pasuk. Take a look at the parsha. The parsha goes in the opposite direction. First, it talks about the nigei guf. It talks about all the different types of tsaras that affect the body itself. And only later does it describe the house and the clothing. I don't know if it's going to go in order of the way Hashem is going to present it to us if we ever struck with Saras. Shouldn't the Torah have presented it in a similar order? Shouldn't it first talk about the Nige Beso, the Saras of the house, and then the Saras of one's clothing, and then the Saras of one's body, like the way it actually presents itself were you to find yourself in that predicament? And yet the Torah does not present that. I would imagine most of us in this proverbial metaphorical room, probably never thought of this question, and that's why he's the Islam Rebbe, and we are not. What does the Islam Rebbe say? Here we go. tells us, loves the Jewish people so much, which is why he surrounds us with mitzvos. 
Vitfilin Bizroseyan, we've got our tfilin on our head, we've got our tfilin on our arm, tzitzis bivigdeyem, we uh, we have our tzitzis that we adorn ourselves with as clothing, umizuzah bivishayem, and we uh we assemble, we uh, we affix the mezuzah at the opening of our house, hainushikomitsiusam mukefes sviva bimitzos, so that our goof, our body is constantly surrounded with mitzvos. And he explains. In Yonam Elu, Shemano Chazal, Kolim Him as Kol Metzius Adam. Each one of these mitzvahs weren't arbitrary. Chazal didn't pick these mitzvahs for you know no particular reason. No, they specifically honed on these mitzvahs for a particular reason. Why? Tfilin Brashen of Israel saying in Yonam Kemad the Amar Al Hayad Kineged Avleiv Lishabed Bezeh Taivos Umachshavos Libenu Avodos Yisbarach. Shemo. The reason why Chazal chose the tefillin on our arm is because it has to lean in a little bit towards our heart to remind us that we have to subject our taivas to our Kodesh Baruch Hu, that our taivas have to be subservient to Hashem, to every taiva that we have in our heart. V'al ha-rosh, and the tefillin shall rosh, k'negin ma'ach sh'aneshama, right, the shama is located in the ma'ach, we know that we say that the neshama, the spiritual, is decided in the head, and so therefore we have to say that our neshama also has to be subservient to the ribona shalolam. And if you continue going further, vitzitis bivigdeim, what's the tzitis all about? Shmir hial guf kol gufa shal It's to remind us that not only our heart and not only our mind, but our physical body has to be guarded. It has to be taken care of. Not taken care of only for health reasons, but ensure that we don't violate any Averos. A person had found himself, Gemara records in Menachos, in a situation where he was very close to violating an Avera, in a moral behavior, one of the Gilei Raus, I would assume, and he immediately saw his tzitzis that he had been wearing, and boom, it saved him from being involved in that Avera. Tzitzis ensures that we remain within our Dalit Amos of Kedusha. It's not enough that our intellect and our emotion is kadosh. It's not enough that our external body is kadosh, but our environment needs to be kadosh. And so therefore, in order to ensure that we have kedusha, we have mezuzah affixed on the door. And that's pshat. HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us so much that he understands that as, that as a human being, with our desires, with our natural inclinations to fall into the traps of Averos, he needed to give us mitzvahs because he loves us so much to protect us from ourselves, to ensure that we don't fall in those tracks. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't just say, do the mitzvahs, but he goes the extra mile because he loves us and he protects us for not falling into any traps. So the first part of the Nesiva Shalom, as by way of introduction, is sharing the idea that the reason why Hashem gives us mitzvos is because He loves us and because He knows that by doing mitzvos we will develop a stronger relationship with Him and we will be protected from falling into the trap. Now, if it's true, says the Nesiva Shalom, with that reality, and all He's done is said, Pshat Gemara Menachos. If it's true that Hashem loves us and the way he demonstrates that love is through mitzvos, then it is also possible to suggest, and I think it's emes la'amito, it is also quite clear to suggest that even when he punishes us, that also shows that he loves us. 
It's not that only when he gives us the mitzvos that he shows us that he loves us, but even when he gives us a little zetz, that also shows that he loves us, right? If all Hashem cared about was when we do the mitzvos, but he doesn't ever punish us to try to reroute what we should be doing, maybe he doesn't care as much. Imagine a parent who only pats their kid on the back when they do something right, but if they want to touch the fire, they want to touch the flame, they say, go right ahead. Would that demonstrate love from a parent to a child? So says the Nesiva Shalom, if it's true, Chavivin, Chavivin, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves Klai and he surrounds us with mitzvahs because he loves us, it's also true when he gives us a punishment. And with that, says the Nesiva Shalom, something unbelievable. V'yalderech zeh, next paragraph. Gam inyon hanegayim. If it's true by mitzvahs, it's also true by tzaras and all the other punishments. Shenisnu liYisrael lishmira eliona legoldal chavivusam. He's giving us these negayim so that he can protect us by way of demonstrating his love. Ukimosheherich b'sram akedoshim of Yisrael meapta ayisod ve'arambam shanegayim heim davar altivi heim neisupela negayim are arneis. It's supernatural. And, and thereby, the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sometimes inflicts negayim on us, it's not because he dislikes us, it's because he's trying to help us reroute ourselves, it's because he loves us. And he goes on to say that in fact we know when did the tzaras take place, only when we lived in Ere- when we were in Eretz Yisrael with the Beis HaMikdash, where we had a very close connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when the Shekhinah was, when the Shekhinah was Sharoi, when the Shekhinah was, you know, very close to the Jewish people, only then did Hashem communicate with us by giving us tzaras. The minute that the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, the minute that we felt that our relationship with Hashem was strained, one of the things that no longer happened was that we no longer got tzaras. Well, what does that tell you, says the Nesiva Shalom? That tells you that negayim aren't something that are just to punish us. No, the whole objective of the punishment is to demonstrate his chavivos. To demonstrate his love towards Klai Yisrael. That even in the tougher times, even in certain challenging situations, it's meant to help us understand that he wants to be close to us and that he loves us. The Gemara in Brachos in the ninth parak tells us that if a person doesn't have a dream, even a bad dream, after seven days is not a good sign. Because it means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants nothing to do with you. It means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not want to even communicate with you through dreams. Any type of a communication that exists between Hashem and us is a good thing. We hope that most of the time it will be in a positive way. But even when there's negayim, you shouldn't perceive those negayim as something negative. The same way, Chavivin Yisrael Shesivavan HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mitzos, that when Hashem gives us mitzos, it's there as shmira, it's there to guard us because He loves us so much. The negayim are also there to guard us. The negayim are there also to protect us. Take a look at the top of the next paragraph. Negarm are there to demonstrate that love. A couple lines down, Don't throw me away. Sometimes we run the risk of Hashem throwing us away. And so we beg from Hashem, don't ever throw us away. Even giving us a punishment means we still have a relationship. At least take something from me, punish me. At least let me know that you're still in my life because you care about me. That says the Nesiva Shalom is the purpose of Negaim. 
The purpose of negaim, like mitzvos, sometimes you have the positive reinforcement and sometimes you have the negative reinforcement. But like parents, in both situations, it's all with the ultimate prize, the objective, the goal of drawing your child closer and conveying to your child how much you love them, even at times when it's difficult. How does this answer our question? Listen to this. And that's why even though it's true halachically, even though it's true in terms of the process, that first it hits the house, and then it hits the, the clothing, and only then it hits the body, why did the Torah introduce the nigi haguf first? Listen to what he says. HaKadosh Baruch Hu goes after the most severe of situations, which is the body. You didn't get it through the house. You didn't get it through the clothing. So I got to get you now to really wake up. The clothing is a little bit more external. Even though it's true, we know technically from the process, Hashem waits to get you where it counts, to hit you where it hurts in the process. Nevertheless, the Torah reverses it when it introduces the topic. You know why? Listen to what he says. The reason why he introduces the guf first is because that's where he feels closest to us. And he's trying to show us that even though I'm going to hit you where it hurts, understand, the more, so to speak, when I'm conveying to you this painful thing, the more I love you, the more I want to be with you. So it's true it hits the house. And it's true it hits the clothing. And only later does it hit the body. But Hashem wants to convey at the very beginning of this. And that is, when I'm going to give you a punishment, understand that punishment is from uh, a place of love. I'm going to hit you where it hurts the most because that's where we are the closest. When a goof, when we're in the Shema, that's how we connect. We're going to start there first so that you know as a fundamental principle, the whole focus, the whole objective is conveying to you a Shmira. I would argue sometimes, even with a Puranus, even with a punishment, and, and to understand, and it's such a profound thing to consider. Oftentimes we look at those punishments as a way which HaKadosh Baruch is trying to shoo us away, trying to distance himself, trying to get us away from him. It's just the opposite, says the Nesiva Shalom. It's two sides of the same kind. Sometimes it's got to be the positive. Sometimes it's got to be what we perceive to be the negative, even though everything is for the positive. But at the end of the day, the objective is always going to be the same. There's an Ahavas Hashem. And there's an Ahavas Yisrael. Sometimes we're better at the Ahavas Hashem and we forget how much he with a capital H loves us. If we would only realize how much he would love us, if we would only realize how much he wants to be with us, we would raise expectations of ourselves and instead of feeling contrite, complacent, instead of at times wanting to retreat from Hashem, we wanted, we'd want to draw closer. And that suggests why, says the Nesiva Shalom, even though the process in reality begins with the house, the clothing, and then the body, the Torah, by illusion, wants to communicate to the reader that you want to know what the ultimate goal of this is. I'm going to talk about the guf first, which is the Elyona, the Madrega Elyona, the highest point, the place in which we connect to Hashem the most. And we're going to start there to realize that as much as it's going to hurt, 
That's how much I love you. I'll share in closing one story to help you understand and appreciate how much Hashem, how much Hashem loves us is, is, is in the following. And I, I want to take it a little bit further in terms of not that Hashem loves us so much, but also how much Hashem wants to be in our lives if we'd only let him. Rabbi Goldberg once shared a story with me, and I'll close with this. Rabbi Goldberg once shared a story with me that, um, that he had taken a number of high school students to Poland. He had taken a number of high school students to Poland. And when he took a number of these high school students to Poland, he took them to Treblinka. And when he took them to Treblinka, anybody that's been to Treblinka knows that um, they decimated that camp. There's nothing left except for stones. And those stones, each one of them represents a community. So you can imagine the scene when you get off the bus, you just see stones. And instead of each stone representing a person, it represents hundreds thousands, tens of thousands of people. And they get back on the bus and they turn to Rabbi Goldberg and they say, Rabbi Goldberg, we're really upset. I feel I'm, I'm, I'm really disappointed. I'm really angry. And, and, and we feel bad about being angry because maybe that's not what we're supposed to feel. And, I, and Rabbi Goldberg in his wisdom responded, it's good to feel angry because then you know that Hashem is there. Then you know that Hashem is there. You're not blaming the dry cleaner. And you're not blaming some other person. You're saying, ultimately, it's on the shoulders of Hashem. And if we would only look through that prism, if we would only see everything in our lives through the prism of, everything is coming from Hashem, both in the good way, and even sometimes when we're pushed out of our comfort zone in an uncomfortable way, if we would see everything through that prism, We'd be far more successful. We'd have a stronger, more meaningful relationship with Hashem. We have to remind ourselves, we have to remind our spouses, our children and grandchildren, that every single thing Hashem does for us, every single thing Hashem does for us is for our benefit, because at the end of the day, Hashem loves you. Have a great day.